What's up, rap stars? Happy New Year. This is the first show of 2022, and Kenny and I could not be more excited to be here with you today. And we're very, very excited about the topic that we're going to be talking about. And the topic of today is decisions. Kenny, how are you? Feeling good. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah, ready to get into it. New year, yeah. 2022. 2021 was a great year for us. So looking forward to everything coming our way with all the changes we've been making. So um, I think this is a great topic to set off the new year. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, th this sparked um, during my morning routine, I, I meditate and I journal and, and it's kind of a space that I get to, you know, journey out, right? Because once the day gets going, it's it's go, 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 go. It's hard to really calm down. So I really utilize that morning. And, and we had a great training yesterday. And in that training, um, Adam, Adam Hergenrother, he, he said something that really resonated with me. And he said that the only difference between us and somebody that's running like a $1 billion company is the quality of the decisions that are being made on a regular basis. And it really hit me hard because I went, man, how true is that, right? Because like we all, for the most part, have very similar training, you know, to get to a certain level uh, in your career, you, you, you've got to be pouring into yourself and spending time learning. But there's that one skill that we don't talk about all the time that most of us don't treat it like a skill. We just treat it as something that happens throughout the day. And that's our decision-making processes, right? And so as I was journaling through, I came up with eight key areas that I believe we should really pay attention to how we decide what we're doing inside of those areas. And so what I want us to do today is go through all eight of these and unpack them a little bit and just kind of talk about them. And hopefully these will resonate and give our listeners some really good quality information that they can take back and that they can reflect on. And hopefully they can implement some of this into their life as well. Sound good? Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, cool. So number one category decision that we should be focusing on is <clears throat> how you decide to start your day, right? I just touched on it. I do what's called the miracle morning. Anybody out there that's curious what the heck that is, there's an incredible guy. His name is Hal Elrod. He wrote the book called The Miracle Morning. He's got one for all sorts of different industries. The original, just The Miracle Morning is amazing. If you're in real estate like we are, there's one Miracle Morning for real estate agents. Great, great storytelling that helped to get this message out. And so for me, there, there's what's called the savers, right? And so silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, and um, reading and scribing, right? Now you can do them in any order that you want, but I think for the most part, those are all pretty clear, but like reading is like reading something and then scribing of course is for me, it's journaling, right? Now I don't do all of them. I do the silence where I meditate. I don't do um, the, uh, the visualization, but I do affirmations, but I do affirmations in a different way where I like read a statement of my future goals to myself. You know, I definitely exercise and, and I, and I, and I journal and I read sometimes I don't read all the time. Right. So I don't do them all, 
but that's not important. It's not that you follow something to the T or to the letter. It's that you have a routine that works for you that gives you the space to create some peace and some centeredness in your life, because that's where we really are going to operate the most effectively on, 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 as the day goes through. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. I like focusing on how you start your day. Um, you know, cause it does require planning, which a lot of this kind of boils down to like, do you have a plan? Are you preparing yourself for what might come your way? So, um, even like in my, in my own personal life, um, you know, mornings are hectic, you know, when you got kids and you got school and people need to get fed and there's so many things to do in the morning, especially if, if, if you're taking care of more than, than just yourself, you have other people to look after, make sure that they're good for the day. Yeah. Uh, so you're right. Uh, sometimes you have to get ahead of that. So, you know, if you have a lot of obstacles in your morning, you know, like I do with, with the kids and stuff, and that mm. means my day has to start before their day starts. And sometimes that might require the previous day shutting down in enough time so I can start my day early enough uh, to get set on the right foot. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a person who has a hard time waking up early in the morning. I would say I'm somebody who struggles with shutting it down at the end of the day. So, okay. so, so to get my morning started right, I kind of have to end my day on the right foot to, to get it started, you know, the right way in the next morning. Yeah, for sure. And, and I mean, listen, we're, we're not going to try to pretend that any of the things that we're going to talk about are easy. They're disciplines, right? They're skills, okay? They're habits. And I mean, look, I come from hospitality, okay? My background is going to bed at two, three, four o'clock in the morning. I now wake up between 3.45 and 4 o'clock in the morning, okay? Right. Like Marcus is probably back there going, he's crazy, right? But like literally, we would go to bed after working a long shift, you would wind down, you'd go to the bar, you'd hang out, you'd commiserate, you'd drink a little bit, probably too much depending on the day, and you'd finally wind down by the time you got home, DC bars closed, 2 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock on the weekends, you'd be going to bed at three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. So I get that there might be people out there that are saying, man, I can't get up early. But what I encourage you to do is just get up a little bit earlier than you get up now, right? Mm -hmm. We talked about this earlier in our team meeting where we covered these topics as well, where we said, if you're to go to the gym, you're not gonna just all of a sudden put, you know, 315 pounds on the, on the straight bar and then try to go and squat, right? You'd probably crush yourself underneath of the weight. Or if you could do it, you'd probably be so sore that you wouldn't be able to work out again for three weeks, right? right? So you've got to ease into these things. So if you're out there listening and you're like, man, how do I start a routine? Well, you do it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. You give yourself some grace. You realize that you're going to fail at implementing this routine. I'm about six years into the miracle morning and I still don't do it hundred percent of the time, right? But what's key is that you don't go more than one day of not doing it, right? Like it's okay to have a bad day, but you don't want to start stringing together two and three and four bad days. And so give yourself some grace, start with small baby steps. So if you wake up at seven o'clock in the morning now, tomorrow, try to wake up at 6.45. Do that for a week. Next week, 6.30. Before you know it, it'll be 5 a.m. And you'll have bought two extra hours in the morning for, your, for yourself. And I'm telling you, being able to start your day where you get to focus on you 
especially if you're like us where you have kids and you have a wife and you have team members and like you have a lot of demands, it's often very easy to neglect you, mm-hmm. right? And if you do that long enough, you'll burn out. And I think the key to success is being able to remain balanced, right? Remain in balance, right? You're, you're always going to be swinging back and forth, but you want to remain balanced. You're never going to be fully balanced and, and steady in one spot. Great tip. Great tip. Awesome. All right. So number two, what you decide to focus on achieving for your day. Okay. So this ties into your morning routine. Okay. Part of my morning routine is looking at my day and saying, okay, I, I, I have all these things that I've decided to put on my calendar either yesterday or the day before or the week before. What am I going to still say yes to? And what am I maybe going to say no to now, right? So what do I want to focus on achieving? It could be something different every day. Some days I'm focused on getting a new piece of business and helping another family buy or sell a house. Another day it could be I'm focusing on having a good conversation with somebody that I really admire that I'd love to be in business with that we could get on the team with us. Right. Right. So it is all about focusing on what it is that you need to achieve that day and then going about attacking that and knowing that if nothing else happens that day, you've accomplished something important. Yeah. Yeah. It gives you a way to to still have a win despite what the day throws at you, you know, cause you're not gonna, you're not gonna knock them all out. You know, if you got 15 things to do, you're probably not going to get 15 things done. Uh, but, but having to focus on what you need to accomplish um, will definitely make sure that all the other decisions you make are pointing in, in that same direction, you know, so nobody wants to hang out, you know, you haven't accomplished what you need to accomplish, you know, it helps you to uh, give that no, you know, more confidently, you know, and without guilt, because you still have to uh, focus on accomplishing today's task. So I like yeah, that. 100%, 100%. And, 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 and I mean, let's not kid ourselves, right? Like, we all have 100 things that we want to accomplish in a day, mm-hmm. it's unlikely it's going to happen. Then on top of that, we have people that we care about that have demands of our time, right? And we want to take care of those people, because those are our family and our friends and our loved ones, right? Or even our clients, or our team members, okay? We have the anxieties of other people that need to get in touch with us or feel like they need something from us right away, right? And so it, it, it's like the book that Gary Keller and Jay Papazan wrote, The One Thing, which focuses on the Pareto Principle, which is also called the 80-20 rule, that 20% of your efforts generate 80% of your results, right? And in The One Thing, they say, you, the question that you can and should be asking yourself is what is the one thing that I could accomplish today that if by doing so, it made everything else easier or unnecessary altogether. And that is that one item that you want to focus on, right? So like, what's that one big monster rock that you need to knock down today? And then by doing so, you'll probably find that that laundry list of things that you made up for yourself, most of them go away because they're not important anymore. You did what you needed to do. Mm. Good feeling. It's a good feeling. It's a great feeling, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, think about it. How many days 
in your life, have you had a to-do list of 10 or 15 things and you got it done and you were like, okay, I got it all done, but I didn't really do anything today. Right. And then how many days have you had the whole day go crazy, but you got one really important thing done and you were like, man, I feel good. I got, I, I helped, I helped these people sell their house and go under contract. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, cause if, if you're writing down what you have to do as well, it also kind of helps you keep things structured and, and organized. So if this is the one thing you have to accomplish today and you're able to check that off, uh, then obviously those other things could probably wait, you know, so yeah, 100%. Helps you prioritize what you need to accomplish in a day. hundred percent, hundred percent. All right. Let's continue on throughout our day with our decisions. Okay. Deciding what you put into your body. Mm-hmm. I don't think people think about this a whole lot, right? We run around and we get busy and we just eat whatever the heck is in front of us, whatever is quick, whatever is easy. Yet, if we spend a little time deciding on how we're going to eat and what we want to eat and what we want to put into our body and why we want to put it into our body, right? So imagine if your day starts with a bowl of oatmeal, maybe some peanut butter in there and some fruit, or it starts out waking up late, no routine, not sure what the heck you're doing, running behind for a meeting, stopping at Dunkin' Donuts, Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, grabbing whatever fast food item that they have, coffee, and going about your day. How do you think your body's going to feel, right? Mm. And I don't think we spend enough time focusing on that, but what you put into your body truly controls your body's function. It controls your mood. It controls your metabolism. Your overall body functionality is very much controlled by what you put into your body. And I think people should spend more time, myself included, thinking about that. Trust me, I got the COVID-20, okay? I got to get rid of it because I got to do a better job of focusing on what I got to put in my body. <laughs> well, you, you know, I love this one because uh, it's not just about what you put in, but what you don't put in your body, right? Ooh, I so love that. coming off of the holidays, I mean, we've, I, I, personally, I've been crushing. I've been eating turkey and right. you know mama's cooking and you know everybody you know yep. uh, um and and it gets good to you but then uh, like right now you know at the beginning of the year so new year's eve generally you know is you know you're celebrating with us we just stayed home it was just a family and i was like you know what i don't want to go into the new year's uh hungover you know so i chose this year to to not drink on new year's eve which i don't even, oh, nice. I didn't even tell you the last time that i, I decided to do that right Right. And you know what? It was just a great feeling getting up on New Year's Day, um, not feeling groggy. We didn't stay up particularly late either, you know, um, but not not recovering from the previous night's, you know, celebrations and just ready, you know, to get out there and, and go after it and, and, and get back to work. Uh, so for me, you know, I love this one because food does impact your day and it kind of sets a tone for, you know, even even the small things like if I'm going to be on the road. So, you know, if I'm going to be on the road for the day. Um, you know, if I'm going to be hungry, if you're plan, if you're planning ahead, then you're going to make sure that you have those meals kind of packed and ready to go. Right. Um, or you might decide to forego, you know, eating. So you take less bathroom breaks. Uh, so, so for me, you know, the food is a big piece. Uh, number one, cause it impacts your, your short term, you know, how you feel today, but then also long-term, you know, how you're going to yeah. be able to function, you know, in, in the future. Um, one really great thing that's happening, I think right now with the new years is people really start to focus on health again. So going back to the gym, eating right, 
And um, I used to kind of hate that, that beginning of the year, because now you can't go to the gym because it's packed with all the people. But you know what? After like two weeks, it doesn't take long. You know, the gym is packed for like the first two, three weeks. But by February, nobody's in the gym anymore. And so uh, one of the things I love about this time of the year is this is when I usually I'll take a break from the gym and I'll say, you know, what, let me focus on what I can do, you know, at home. And then sure. generally you start to find like, you know what, I can do a lot, you know, at home, even w- without a gym, you know, and then let right. those people kind of clear out and then we'll, we'll get back into it. Uh, but yeah, I really love, you know, focusing on every day what I put in. It's like a little game I play with myself, you know, um, you know, what I'm going to eat how many times I'm going to eat. You know, I, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting. I think you could drop that COVID-20 in a month, you know, if you really yeah. wanted to. Right. Um, so, yeah, I love that one. Awesome. Awesome. Beautiful. All right. Um, number four, deciding what you put into your mind, right? Um, what I mean by that is, are you spending a couple hours on social media a day looking at what everybody else is doing in their life? Or are you picking up a book or opening up a article or listening to a podcast or, or listening to a book while you're on the road. Like, what are you doing to expand your mind? Right. Cause we can do one of two things. We can let our mind become mush and we can just veg out, which sometimes you need not knocking that, or you can turn your vehicle into a mobile classroom. Like mine is only on podcasts and, or, books when I'm in the car. Once in a while, there'll be music, especially when the kids are in there because they need to have Coco Melon or Encanto or whatever other movie that's hot that time of the year, right? But but when the kids are not in the car, I'm all about my books and my podcasts and I turn it into, gosh, thousands of hours a year that I get to ingest information that I can then pour back into others or utilize for a better life instead of just consuming media. Yeah, that, that's a pro tip right there. You know, when you're in a car, you know, that's a great time. You know, I'm going to be on the road today. You know, I can, that's at least maybe an hour, 45, two hours of my day uh, that I can use to study, you know, learn and, and improve my mind. So I like that, you know, deciding yeah. what you put in your mind um, and then protecting your brain, right? So sometimes just trying to stay positive might require that you don't have, you know, like social media can also depress you, right? You know, if you see something on there and you're like, oh man, this person's crushing and I'm not whatever. And then maybe you don't look at that, you know, today. Right. Uh, so I, I love that. It's a great one. Awesome. Number five, deciding who you spend your time with. Everybody on here has probably heard that you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. Now, mm-hmm. That's great when it comes to wealth building and your income and all that. Wonderful. I'm not so much talking about it for that purpose, though. The reason that I think it's important to decide who you're going to spend your time with is to decide who are the energy vampires and who give you energy, right? Like there are people in our lives, no matter who you are, they could even be your family members that suck time, that suck energy, that dump on you that want to be negative and complain about things and then they're going to be people that are going to want to discuss ideas and help you stretch yourself and challenge your thinking and give you pointers and and just overall add to your life those are the people that you should be spending time with right i truly believe in the older that i get i believe more and more that people need to earn the right to be a part of my life 
and I should earn the right to be a part of their life. And if we're not being mutually beneficial to one another, then we shouldn't be in each other's lives, right? Now that might sound harsh, right? But at the same time, like doesn't mean that I won't go have dinner with friends that, yeah, we're just doing it because we've been friends for a long time. But I'm not gonna spend a couple times a week or a couple times a month with them, right? Mm -hmm. There's gotta be something there. So the people that you're spending time with, make sure that they're the people that you really should be spending time with and that they're adding to your life and not taking away from your life. That's an excellent one. I mean, I, I think especially like just coming off of the holidays, uh, that's very true for me as well, you know, because people reach out and they want to hang out. And then you're looking at like, listen, we only have a, so many so many hours in a day, so many weekends, so many evenings, so many dinner parties we can do. Yeah. And, and, and declining is something I've gotten really good at. You know, I have no problem with telling, hey, look, we'd love to make it, but we can't because you don't really owe anybody an explanation as to why you can't make it. You can't make it. You can't make it. And then now if you need one, you could just say, hey, I was around somebody who had COVID and just want to be safe. I'll probably use that one like a dozen times right there because, hey, you know, it could be true. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> if, if I feel like you need to be let down nicely, you know, it, it's, it's, it's no problem, you know, doing that because you have to protect your time. Uh, not just for, you know, for, for business purposes, but for personal purposes as well. Because every hour you spend just catching up with somebody, maybe you could have spent that time at home, you know, quality time with your family or, or doing something to, to improve yourself. So, yeah, that, that's a great one. And when I think about, um, you know, your circle of, of influence, you know, those, those, those five people, you know, that you're around the most, they shouldn't, like you said, it shouldn't all be about people who are, um, who, uh, if they're not, adding anything to your life right uh, because you might be the person in somebody's circle where you're not necessarily adding anything to them so I think you need a balance of people who are they are feeding you and they're motivating you and inspiring you and I, I do think you need to have a healthy balance of other people that you are pouring into where they're not taking from you but they're they're, they're willing and capable of, of receiving any benefits that that you, they, that you can give by them being in your in your circle. I think you need that that good balance because you learn on both ends. Um, and if you're not willing to be out there and help somebody and bring them along the way, then who's to say that somebody should do that for you? So I think you right. need the right balance. But like you said, you have to be willing to draw the line and say, hey, look, you know, this is different from me. You know, maybe motivating you by letting you see what I have going on over here you're taken from me, you know, because every time you come around, you know, you could be an emotional hog. You can be somebody who's just dumping all your stuff on me and I don't got it to give right now. Right. Uh, so, yeah, you definitely have to protect, you know, your, your time and, and, and focus on the people that you're surrounded, you know, surrounded by. Absolutely. I mean, listen, and ladies and gentlemen, don't feel bad. It's okay. Like Kenny said, you don't owe anybody an explanation. The only people that you might own an, owe an explanation is number one, yourself, your parents, possibly, but even that at this point, I don't think that's absolute. Depends on how but old you got, are. <laughs> but if you got a spouse, for sure, your spouse and your kids, yeah. right? But beyond that, you don't know anybody except your very close inner circle that you are absolutely responsible for an explanation. And that that's okay, right? It's okay to be selfish. I like being selfish sometimes. All right, number, are we on number six? Uh, number six. Three. Number yes. six. One, yes. two, three, yes. Deciding what you say yes to. Yeah. Man, this one is huge, right? Because 
especially in the business that we're in, like we've constantly got people like, Hey, I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity. I got an opportunity, an opportunity, or, Hey, I need help. I need help. Hey, can you help me? I know somebody here. I know somebody there, da, 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 da. man, before you know it, you've said yes to 30 things, but you really only have time for five. Right? So what you need to remember and what I need to remember is every time I say yes to something, it means I have to say no to something else. And if I say yes to too many things, when that thing that I want to say yes to comes along and it's really important, I might have to say no to it and what a disaster that would be, right? So focus on what you should be doing that's going to be highest and best use of your time and leave some time for yourself to be free and don't pack your day with every single moment of your day clogged up because, <clears throat> pardon me, you need to be free to say yes to the things that are truly important. Um, most truly successful people say no to thousand things before they say yes to something, a thousand opportunities before they say yes to something, right? So it's easy to get caught up in shiny uh, object syndrome. I do it. I've got multiple businesses and year of 2022 for me is a year of saying no and to only saying yes to those things that I truly want to say yes to that are truly supporting my end game and my goal for my family and my freedom. Yeah. I mean, I can see how this one definitely hits home, you know, resonates with you. It does with me as well. I think one of the ways that it's starting to hit with me now is as the market is shifting and it's becoming a little bit more favorable for buyers. And, you know, now we're trying to catch up on, you know, we sold a bunch of houses 2021. It was great. Uh, but we still have this backlog of buyers who are still looking for their home. And yeah. then you get, uh, you get, you get these last minute requests, you know, Hey, I want to go and see this place, you know, that's an hour and a half away tonight. You know um, that, that yes, yes, yes. Mentality. It has to give because as, at some point you have to set some standards, you know, for yourself, for your clients, like, Hey, look, I want to go out there. I'm, I'm willing to, I am. Um, but another thing that you've been proposing is like, hey, look, you know, we could also say no and refer that business to somebody who's in that yeah. market it might be a better use of time that, that you can do there. So it's kind of like giving yourself uh, 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 permission to say yes is giving yourself permission to say no and feeling OK, you know, with those no's. But not just saying no, saying no with either justifying it in your own brain, like so you don't always own explanation to other people. But sometimes by saying no, you're also coming up with a solution. At the same time, I saying, you know what, that's not the best use of, of our time here, but I got something better for you. I have, a, mm -hmm. I have a partner who works in that area, and I think they'll take better care of you. So I think knowing what to say yes to really helps you uh, frame things and level of, of importance uh, in your life as well, and just prioritizing. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, listen, I, I think you have to create a philosophy for your own life, right? Like what's truly important to you. And then you've got to hold yourself accountable to that, right? So like, you know, could I go and show a house tonight in White Plains, Maryland, an hour away and possibly earn a $10,000, $15,000 commission? Sure, I probably could if, if there was a client that was looking down there. But would that mean that I would lose a night with my family? That really at this point, like how many days do I have left with a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old, right? All the cool, funny things that they do, being able to snuggle on them and love on them. Like that's important to me. Not that the income wouldn't be important to me, but you're right. 
that's too far. If it was in Annapolis, it maybe takes me half an hour. I miss a half an hour. But in White Plains, it takes me two and a half, three hours. So I got to be able to say no and yeah. I got somebody else for you, just like you just said. So I love that. Beautiful. Okay. All right. Number seven, deciding how you spend your money. Mm -hmm. Oh, the world is full of get rich quick schemes or this program is going to help you do it better, faster, easier, cheaper. Everybody's trying to get a piece of your pocketbook, right? And we're in such a consumer-based society that everybody wants the newest and best thing, right? Yeah. Oh, you can get this or, oh, it's on sale. or Oh, it's a deal. Or, oh, you need this. You need that. You got this, right? You don't need anything. You have to remember that at one point, we talked about this earlier, like when my wife and I first met, we shared a car. We lived in DC. We had 580 square feet and we were happy, happy. We have many more things now. We are not any happier. We truly have everything that we could possibly need. And the accumulation of newer, better, more luxurious things is not going to improve our quality of life, mm -hmm. right? Not to say that if you're at a place where you can afford it and you want to do it, fine, good for you, do it. But be careful what you spend your money on. And please, if you haven't reached the place that you need to be for your financial security yet, and you have some extra money, don't go buy a consumer product, go buy some coaching or some training or a class that can teach you how to earn more income so that you can invest in yourself which will ultimately get you to where your goal is, which is really the end game. You can accumulate a lot of things. And at the end of the day, you'll have a lot of things and no money, or you can accumulate a lot, not a lot of knowledge. And at the end of the day, you can have a lot of knowledge, income, assets, and probably still have a lot of things if you want them. Yeah. This, this one's tough because you know, it could also be number one, right? You could start the list with this or you could end it with this. It's so, so crucial, you know, mm -hmm. money impacts, you know, our day-to-day -day lives. Um, but, but again, you know, money is one of those things where it could be a gift and it could, it could be a curse, right? To kind of depending yeah. on how you use it. And we make so that money might be one of those things that we make more decisions with on a daily basis than anything else, because whether you are actively or passively, um, um, making these decisions is happening. So right now, you know, we have investments, right? Those investments are doing things. We could keep the money there, we can move it, but something is happening, whether it's there or, or whether it's not, whether it's working for you, right. whether it's not. Um, you know, what you have your thermostat set to in your house, mm -hmm. that impacts your money. Um, yeah. Like you said, the meals that you eat in a day, that impacts your money. The vacations we go on, um, all, all these things that we have, you know, money is, is a factor in all of them. So it's, it's one of those things where I think for me, for 2022, one of the things I want to start doing better with when it comes to money is, um, is, 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 is like an, a weekly accounting. So when it comes to tax time every year, I'm always kind of grabbing things and piecing them together and getting them ready for, you know, to, to prep, prep my taxes and things like that. You know, we have, you know, personal taxes and business taxes, and there's just so many things that, you know, you have to account for. Um, but just being a better steward and and checking in on those things on a weekly basis so they don't add up, you know, kind of month yeah. over month and you're trying to rectify, you know, two months of expenses or six months or whatever it is. 
so yeah, money is, is one of those decisions that you make so many decisions when it comes to your money. And sometimes it's easier. That's why I think the biggest trap that they have right now when it comes to consumerism is, is oh, you know, come in 30 days is free on us, but you got to give me your credit card info. So that way I can just automatically bill you after this free period because right. they know we'll make one decision based upon today. And then 30 days from now, you're not going to stop what you're doing and go and cancel this thing. Yep. They at least got that, that next month until you realize it. And then sometimes it just goes on and on. You're like, I got to cancel this. Uh, I got Netflix. I got Hulu. I got Amazon video. I got Apple. You know, it's like, how many subscriptions do we need? And all this stuff just adds up. Yeah, for sure. Deciding what you spend your money on is a big deal. And I think a lot of people are loose with it. We're certainly mm -hmm. loose with it in our household in 2022. I've already got it on the books with my wife to take a little weekend away and to really, really discuss our budget and what we want to accomplish at the end of this year and what we're going to need to do financially to make that happen. So super, super important. All right. This last one, number eight, this one impacts so many areas of your life. It's so incredibly critical. Okay. But deciding how you respond when things go wrong or something or someone upsets you. <clears throat> you can either react or you can respond, okay? So reaction is, Kenny says something to me, I don't like it, and I come back quick. Kenny, I don't know why you would say that, da 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 da, -da right? And guess what I'm doing? I'm pouring gasoline on the situation and letting that fire grow. Or I can go, Hmm. Interesting. Why did Kenny say that? And why did it make me angry? What's going on with that? Let me ingest that for a second. Let me get back to a place of being centered and then let me respond. Right. And then maybe I say, Hey, Kenny, you maybe didn't mean to offend me with that statement, but something about it did offend me. But I think I understand where you were going with that. And here's my take on it. What do you think? How can we meet in the middle? How can we find a common ground, right? If you do that, you'll make better decisions. You'll mm -hmm. have better relationships. You will win a lot more battles, right? You'll get more things of what you truly want. Because when you react instead of respond, all you're doing is feeding your ego, right? Mm -hmm. Your ego is upset. And so your ego needs to get back, right? But at the end of the day, we all know that it never pays off. Anybody that watches NFL football knows that it's always the second guy that retaliates that gets the flag, not the first yeah. guy. Yeah. Right. So you got to watch how you respond and deciding to have a system in place for yourself that when something upsets you, that you're able to regroup before you respond is going to be critical. And that's another habit that you have to build, right? You have to then evaluate, why did that trigger me, right? There are certain things that trigger me. Like for me as a high D personality, when I feel like somebody's trying to take advantage of me, I get very, very angry. It's just, it's part of the natural behavior that I have as a high D personality type. Yet it could be that they're just expressing something in a way that makes me feel like I'm being taken advantage of, but they really have no intention or desire to take advantage of me. And so I can escalate a situation and make something go sideways just because I interpreted it incorrectly. So it's very important that you decide how you're going to respond to things. And I'll take the flip side as well. 
Um, you know, how do you respond when things go wrong or something upsets you? Uh, some people have the opposite issue where, you know, something goes wrong or they're upset and they don't say anything. Mm. And then they have to, to live with the fact that they didn't say anything and that kind of stews and boils into something else. And, and maybe your take on it might be that, you know, you need to speak up for yourself, you know, when something goes wrong or, or you don't like decisions that are being made. Um, so that way you can move on and, and move past these things because you're able to, to address them. Uh, yeah. So that's a great one. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kenny, that was eight. That was a pretty quick one, but I think that we covered a lot of information in a short period of time. I think that anybody that's really listening to this will, will and evaluate how they how they make decisions on these eight categories. I think that they will have really good reflection. I think that it will be helpful. It certainly helped me. I'm going to continue to focus on this throughout the rest of this year and continue to try to build my decision-making habits to be a better decision maker because the better decisions we make, the better life and the better results we'll have ultimately. Yep. Can agree with you more, man. That's great. All right. Rap stars. That's been our show. Happy new year. Happy 2022. Please share some feedback. Let us know what you think. And if you've got any tips on how to make decisions better, please share those with us as well. Kenny, where can everybody find you? Uh, Instagram. Uh, at Realtor Kenny Fulton, Facebook Kenny Fulton, and by cell, a text call 443-763-0958. And uh, our new email, uh, which is Kenny Fulton at Livian.com. Beautiful. And folks, you can find me at Romeo Santos III on all social media platforms. Um, you might find another gentleman that's a bachata singer, but just look for the bald head guy. And 240-401-8023 for any phone calls or texts. And I am Romeo at Livian.com, which is L-I-V-I-A-N. Rap stars, that's been our show. We're out. Peace.